Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. Last week I spoke a message about receiving from the Lord and just kind of a download from God in the sense of how easy it is, how great it is to understand that there is nothing God cannot handle in your life, amen, whether it be emotional needs, spiritual needs, physical needs, financial needs, God is able to meet any need according to his riches and glory and God loves you, he loves you. And God is with you. Amen. And when you begin to really understand God is with me, God is for me, and he loves me, you begin to walk differently. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he, which really that scripture is regarding wicked people, but it applies to righteous people too. When you begin to think like God wants you to think, then so you will be like the Lord has intended you to be. Confident, young child of the Lord, full of faith, full of hope, full of vision. Amen. How many people are glad God's plan for your life was not depression? Amen. He is not a God that plans heaviness, hard situations. He's a God that is the God of breakthrough. So today I wanted to elaborate on that. If you receive from God, how do you utilize the gifts that God gave you? Uh, And the gift I'm speaking of ultimately will be centered on really the Holy Ghost. The mighty third person of the Godhead that God intended to fill every born-again believer with. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. You are more than yourself when you are full of the Holy Spirit. And in this church, we're a church that presses in for more. We pray for more. We believe for more. But in that sense, I do want to elaborate just scripturally or whatever the term would be for this. When we're asking God for more... When you are a blood-bought child of God that believes in Jesus, born again, and baptized with the Holy Spirit, there actually is no more. You have it all. So when we cry out for more, what we're crying out for is less of us so that more of Him can flow. Thank you. My shirt tucked up. And, um, And so that's the simplicity of it, that God is in you, but as the Bible says, we can quench the Holy Spirit. And so when you quench the Holy Spirit, it's like when you're taking a bath or whatever, you're running the faucet and you or you pin, you quench, you, you, you kink a hose in the yard, you're quenching the flow of God's spirit, the hose being you, and you 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 decide to stop what God wants to do, then you stop the flow of God in your life. And we don't want to do that ever. We don't want to do that in church. We don't want to do that at our house. We don't want to do that at our workplace. We want to let the flow of God flow all the time. Amen. Amen. Can I get a witness? So utilizing the gift of God, first scripture, I've used this a lot lately, 1 Corinthians 2, 5 says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Never ever fall victim to the logical mindset of the only hope is something that you can think and decide or figure out for yourself. God is bigger than the thoughts of men. Amen. Or as VeggieTales said, God is bigger than the boogeyman, than Godzilla. So. Now, the Lord has a plan, he's supernatural, he's all-powerful, he's an incredible God, but there's a saying that goes, and we hit this from time to time, that if the Lord wills something, it shall happen. Well, the Lord has a plan for your life. In fact, the Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, and yet many have chosen to go to hell. 
And I do use the term chosen because I think God is faithful to present everybody with an opportunity to receive the gospel. And when we get to heaven, you'll find out just how faithful he was. If no one preached to him, I believe in their final breaths or whatever's happening, Jesus will show up before them and give them the opportunity to decide yes or no. And so then John 10.10, who knows John 10.10? The thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. The devil has a plan, and it is a plan of destruction, a plan of pain and suffering, a plan to tear good things out of your life. And so he has a will or a plan. God has a will or a plan. But the power of what happens in your life has been given to you, created in God's image. He has given you free will. Freely you can choose to follow God, to be full of the word of God, to be yielded to his spirit, to continue to grow, to continue to access everything God has for you. Or likewise, you can freely choose to turn your back on God and go full headlong in, into the world and, and do whatever you want to do. For sin is pleasurable for a season, so to speak, but then there's death. And people do it all the time. What I'm establishing for you is that we have got to grow in our understanding of where we are, what we have, where we're going, what we accomplish. God has a great strategy and plan. The enemy is always trying to tear you from that and destroy your life. But you're the one with the power to work out the plan and stay yielded to God every day of your life. Amen. You can say yes to God two years ago and then turn your back on him and that happens. Hebrews even talks about how it's virtually impossible to bring a man back to Christ when after tasting of the freedom and the true riches of God, he then decides to turn his back on the things of the Lord. We pray that that never happens to a single river member. Amen. Yet, you have to make the decision to follow Christ Jesus all of your days. So Ephesians even uses the terminology that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think according to the power that works within us. That power can be the Holy Ghost, but that power can also be your free will to freely choose to stay surrendered and yielded to Christ. Amen. All right. So we've established the foundation. Ephesians 4, 7 through 8. Let's read a bit of scripture. Title of my message today, Using the Gift. The gift being the Holy Ghost. It says that to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, which is Christ Jesus. Amen. Now the Bible here talks about gifts given to men. When we say receiving from the Lord, what, is, what are we receiving from God? Number one, you're receiving from God whatever God wants to give you. Amen. Come on, somebody. You say, how long do I have to wait for a gift? At your birthday party, who says, hey, you know what? There's a lot of presents there. Let's wait till next year to open these presents. A present, when it is given, you have the green light to rip that sucker open. Amen. 
Come on, so God has given gifts to men. Embrace the gifts that God has given to you. What I'm going to do here is just lay out a couple scriptures regarding the gifts of God. Everything is centered on the Holy Ghost, but when we read this, the terminology that the scripture is using is that God give us according to grace, which grace is not something that you grow in, it's not something that you purchase, it's not something you mature in. Grace is something that God has the innate ability to give to you. So this is freely given from God to you. What is freely given to God to you as a gift? The Bible says it is apostles. Boy, it's getting real. Prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists. It's the fivefold ministry that God has supernaturally graced to give to you. If you want to utilize and receive from God and grow and access the plan of God in your life, you have got to come in agreement with the structure that God has put on planet Earth. It's getting quiet in here, but that's okay. I don't, it doesn't bother me. What I'm saying is truth. The truth is that we have been given by God gifts of callings. And the term is grace for this. This is not something that you acquire because you have a desire alone. It is something that God, in his infinite wisdom, has called people into the full-fold ministry. And when we as church begin to recognize and honor what God has established, it creates in us a willingness and and an ability to grow in our own particular callings and maturity, which the five-fold ministry exists for what? As the Bible says, so that we could do the work of the ministry. Come on, somebody. And then it lays, we will do this until we come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, I have literally heard ministers tell me that they no longer need hands laid on them or people speaking to them because they have matured. Well, have you matured to the fullness of the measure of Christ? Because I will remind you this. If you are called in the five-fold ministry, it doesn't mean that you are no longer part of the body of Christ. So you still fall under the same guidelines that there is five-fold ministry that exists for you to receive so that you could get the grace of God in your life activated and grow up. Grow up to what? To where you are not blown around by every to and fro of a doctrine, catching what's popular, catching where the world points you at, but you're established, well-rooted, and growing and becoming Christ-like. Amen. Amen. Thank God for that. The moment you stop growing, you're rotten. So don't get rotten in here. Now, grow up in the things of God. And the Bible says that's a gift. It's a gift to have a church family to where you can be a part of that and grow and mature. It's a gift when God establishes a minister of the gospel in every generation, which you can see every generation. God has raised up generals of faith that have led a generation through whatever season the world was going through with the purity of God's word to establish God's covenant so that the kingdom has never stopped growing. Amen for that. But then the Bible goes on. Furthermore, Romans 12, when we're talking about the gifts of God, it says, For I say, through the grace given to me, this is Paul, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Shout measure of faith. So the first one we read is by a measure of grace. 
This one is by a measure of faith, it is dealt out. For we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Amen. So now we're establishing Ephesians says the gifts, and it talks about the grace which is only bestowed by God and labels the fivefold ministry. Romans talks about the gifts, but doesn't highlight ministry or fivefold. It highlights individual callings of people to the level of giving generously, whether you're in business, to the level of administration, to the level of kindness, to the level of mercy shown. And this is something that you obtain through a measure of faith. Shout faith. Faith is something you bring to the table. Are you with me right now? So faith is our power. So to, to grow and mature and to access the gifts that God has given us, it's twofold. Number one, you can only access what God graces you to access. But beyond that, your part is you grow in faith to learn how to access and function in the giftings that God has called you to access and function in. So we got two worlds coming together. God has a great plan. God has infinite wisdom. Trust God. Grow up. Mature yourself. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God, which goes back to Ephesians of why it's so important to embrace the gift of the fivefold ministry that we could all grow and be ones of great faith that God can then bestow his perfect plan through. Do you think that God has a plan for all of our lives? Do you think that God's plan for all of our lives is intricately involving multiple callings together because it's beyond the capacity of one person to produce a heavenly vision? I believe it with all that I've got with every core of my being. I've always been passionate that God has never, ever made a single person without something great in mind for that person. But you got to grow in faith. Faith is something you're responsible to produce accessing the gifts or utilizing the gifts of God. There's a grace attachment to it. Thank God for grace. Thank God that you can fall, but the righteous will get back up seven times. Thank God for that. Thank God for the five-fold ministry. Thank God for the pastors, the evangelists, the prophets, the teachers that he has raised up in every generation with a voice that would pierce to the hearts of men. Thank God for your plan. Thank God that we don't only access you through a written book, but we can access your presence through a community of people, as he said, that where you feel the tangible presence of the Lord. Thank God for that. So God didn't leave us all alone to just do these things on our own and hope in the sweet by and by that we got it right. He created a structure on earth that can house the glory of God as it's spread out in the midst of all of his children. Hallelujah. Amen. Even verse Corinthians 14, I'll get real with you. Many people look at that and see it as a guidebook of how not to pray in tongues in public, how, how church services got to be. But really what it is is a guidebook from Paul revealing the importance of in church services, let there be leadership and that will ensure that the Holy Spirit is allowed to move. If leadership is submitted, come on. The Holy Spirit can move. Yeah. 
Imagine if you went to a place, there's no leadership, and 18 people are all screaming and trying to preach at the same time. Take January 6th. Joe and I were at January 6th in, in Washington, D.C. No, no microphone, tear gas everywhere, people crying, screaming. Bro, this person's preaching, Jesus hates America. This is his judgment. This person saying, grace for all. Lord loves you. This person saying, burn down the cat. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it was total pandemonium. No one knew what was happening because there was no clear line of leadership. So what happens? Chaos ensues, and the enemy loves chaos. That's why 1 Corinthians 14 says, let things be done decently and in order, because God is not the author of confusion. Come on, somebody. I'll put it to you this way. The beauty of belonging to a place where the Holy Spirit is moving, and you catch a word of God, let's say, because many of you in here, you you, you flow in this. You feel the leading of God. You catch something, and it mm, hits you. Well, you watch. The service will go where you felt by the Spirit of God without you having a microphone or doing anything because the Lord is in control. He's not an author of confusion, and He's speaking to you, which confirms to you, I'm hearing from God. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? It's like you have the ability to communicate with a great body of people without radios. The devil is not equipped to shut down the church. You cut off our cell phones. You cut off our internet. Still, I promise you this. There will be a crowd of people brought to a field by the Holy Ghost in total unity. Because you can't shut down the bride of Christ. Hallelujah. You got people showing up in underground churches in China where no advertising can be had, no invitations can be given, and the place is packed in total unity because there's one God, one Lord, one Spirit that is in everybody that leads us together. Bro, we are knit together with a fabric greater than anything in this world. God, I feel fire. Jesus. You, are, you belong to something big. It's so big, the devil and all his angels that are fallen are terrified about it. What a gift. Is that not a gift? Thank God for the gifts. Accessing the gifts of God. Precious are the gifts of heaven to every generation. Precious is the fabric that God has woven through time to to build a bride that is worthy that is without spot and blemish, that has grown up and carries something holy in a very unholy world. But we don't do it on our own. We don't do it drawn away. We do it knit together because love strengthens us all, because family helps rub off the rough edges of your life. Come on, everybody knows family is like sandpaper. The holidays are both exciting and exhausting because they have access to your life and God has given you a family that you belong to that you're important to the two measurements spoken of concerning accessing the gift grace which God brings in faith which you grow in thank God that wherever you are in faith if you stay full of the word and stay actively pursuing God you will grow in that faith And what was difficult for you to believe for today will be easy for you to believe for next year. I believe that. Do you believe it? 
Those are the levels we believe for. Now, beginning to access or utilize the gifts of God, I'll begin with this. Because God has a plan, the enemy has a plan, and you have the power to decide who to follow, it begins with having a well-placed desire. You have to have a desire to serve God. You have to have a desire to be utilized by God. In fact, 1 Corinthians, that deals with the nine spiritual gifts of supernatural importance to the church, ends with these words, that you should earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. That's the last scripture, the more excellent way being love, but establishes you should have a desire to see the supernatural gifts of God functioning in your life. Because if you don't desire it, you will always be a closed off person to anything God wants to do supernaturally. That is why Jesus was only angered by religion. He was not angered by people in adultery. He was not angered by wicked hearts, tax collectors. The only thing that infuriated the Prince of Peace was religion, which is man's instruction of how not to have a desire for God. It was a plan book made by man to tell you, follow these seven checklists, and that is not God's establishment at all. God's establishment is throw out the rule book, throw out all of that, get to know me, let me in. I knock at the, I stand at the door and knock, will you open up and let me in? And then he speaks to you and he wakes you in the midnight hour and he leads you and he knits you together and he has a will and then you realize his will is strong, my will is strong, and sometimes I have to make the conscious decision to put my will under to the will of my father. Am I talking to anybody right now? Now, is it sacrifice? No, it can feel like sacrifice, but God has planned better than you've planned. So anything you felt like you lost, he has already given you 10 times more. That's the truth of serving God. It gets sweeter, 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 sweeter. Amen. Just gets better and better until one day you're in heaven and you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like we get to heaven and Rick's going to be dancing for like 17 years before he gets anywhere. It's going to be great. It's going to be huge. (laughs) So you have to have a desire. Do you desire to be used by God? Now, the thing with desire is desire has to do with motives and intents of the heart. Because you can desire good things for wrong reasons. You can desire for the gifts of God to be active in your life with an impure motive of advancing yourself or personally gaining something or exhorting power and control over people. So very weird. That's why the Bible says concerning those called in the fivefold ministry, you will be dealt with severely. The Bible says you will be dealt with at a higher level of what you've said to people and how you treated people because God put you in that place of influence. If you use the influence for the wrong thing, you think God ain't going to judge that person? Man. <laughs> You better believe it. God will judge everyone according to every word that came out of our mouth. Jesus. But, so the Bible here is just showing us clearly in Scripture the importance of getting our desires right. Because 1 Corinthians 14 says that even since you're zealous for the spiritual gifts, your desires for spiritual gifts... Let it be for this reason. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. 
Do you get that? So your desire should be rooted. God moves supernaturally in my generation, not so I'm advanced personally, not so I have a great name, not so I have large influence, but do it so that I can see the global body excel in the calling of God. Do it for the fame of your Father above. I want to see the church shine so bright that Jesus is even more famous than he is right now. I want to make him so famous, and I want to see his bride excel. And if your desire is in that, then it's pure. But if your desire is like Simon that sees power and sees influence and says, I want to purchase that so I can have it, that's where the Bible says, let your money perish with you, I believe. Because you desire the things of God with an impure motive. Get desire right. And you can access the gifts of God. If you have your impure desire, you'll never access the supernatural realms of God. That's why it's rare and rare. Because society has gotten more and more selfish. More and more narcissistic. More and more me, 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 me. And so it's like we're, we're fighting a mindset, a stronghold in the mind of selfishness. Of what they see. And if you can break that open and realize, man, God... It doesn't have to do anything to advance me, but let it advance your bride and let it bless the people around me. And then you will find out that if your motives are pure, God will advance you because he says, if you exalt me, I will exalt you before men. Amen. If the Lord honors you, it will be better than anything you've desired. Now, the gifts of God desire gifts for personal gain prestige or power and you will cut yourself off from God for many people will never be used by the spirit because they seek to use the spirit themselves you got to be zealous for spiritual gifts for this reason for the edification of the church that you seek to excel now I will put this in your court though don't forget you're part of the church so the gifts of the spirit what you desire to see flow begins at home amen I'm part of the church. If the gifts of the Spirit are going to flow in my life, let it be that I myself might be edified and seek to excel myself in growth through accessing the Holy Ghost. Let it be that I recognize my need for change, my need for clarity, my need for direction, my need for healing, my need for divine faith, my need for direction. And if God is going to give gifts for the furtherance of his body and the church to excel, let me be a place where it says, may it not be in my church family alone, but be in my household on Monday where the glory of God is in the place that I might grow myself to excel in the things that God has called me to excel in. Why? For the edification of the body. Because if I can grow up, we can all grow up to another level. Oh, come on, somebody. The stronger each one of us gets, the stronger the glory of God is in the place. Man, God is seeking for a bride that is unified in this. The gifts are accessible even to further and mature you. Get your desire right and watch the gifts of God flow in your life. Supernatural gifts of God. God wants to transform you. But if you lose the desire to be transformed, you begin to cut yourself off from what God wants to do in your life. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 7, and I'm wrapping up with this early today. Because I want to pray for people. 
The Bible here says in 1 Corinthians 12, a famous scripture, a famous chapter, 12, 13, 14, deals with, you know, the capacity of the spiritual gifts of God in our lives. And it says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, which is just Old Testament for bro. <laughs> concerning spiritual gifts, bro. I don't want you to be an idiot. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, shout each one, for the profit of all. Say profit of all. So before we go anywhere else, can we all have access to the gifts of the Spirit? Yes, it's made available to each one. And why can we all have access to the gifts of the Spirit? For the profit of all. Jesus, I mean, I don't even have to preach it. The Bible preaches it for me. If you don't get this, then I'm sorry. You're not getting something very easy. It's simple. It's simple in this capacity that the greatest Gifts of God are accessible to every single one of us. All we have to do is desire to be used by them, and it is for the benefit of the entire body of Christ. Now, the Bible here lays out three differences. Differences of gifts, differences of ministries, and differences of activities. Differences of activities is simple. It means that how God does one thing through one person will not be exactly how he does it through you. Some people will prophesy with their eyes closed, in Elizabethan English. <laughs> For thus saith the Lord. And it's powerful, and the presence is there, and you know it's the Lord speaking. Some people will prophesy with like inner city dialect. Bro, man, let me tell you right here, man, bro. Like they, they roll with whatever. It doesn't mean that it's not God. You, as a child of God, have to learn how to recognize the anointing and know when God is speaking versus when man is speaking. And that is something that you have to grow in. How do you grow in it? By faith to hear and obey and discover that was the word of the Lord. I took it from a man, but I decided it was God. And so I, I honored it like God spoke to me. I walked in it with total confidence and I had what was said, that was the Lord. Are you with me right there? And so God is, keep in mind, God is doing all of these things and using the vessels that are available to him. So he's using people. I have had little kids, and I love this story. Years ago, I was in Washington, D.C., and I was at the voting floor for the senators and the, the house where they vote concerning bills passing. And I'm standing outside the doors, and just so you know, as those people on TV are getting up there and speaking, giving speeches, they are giving speeches to an empty room. Nobody is in there listening to them at all. All the senators are gone. They don't care what you're saying. That's for television. They're all running around. It's a busy place. They don't care. They run in and vote, and then they leave. And I'm standing at the doors of the voting floor. A man comes out of the door, and we're talking to him. He was a senator from Oklahoma. 
And I start telling him what we're in town for. We'll celebrate America with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. We're here furthering the gospel, laying hands on people, believing God for a great spiritual awakening to shake America one more time. And he says, I'm 100% with you. The Lord is the reason why I'm here today. He called me to be a senator. And he said, let me tell you a crazy story. So years ago, my wife and I, my wife was barren. She couldn't have children. She, we were believing God for children, moving in the capacity to adopt kids, and went to a full gospel Pentecostal church, walked in the doors, and a five-year-old kid walked up to my wife, put his hand on her belly, and said, the Lord says you will have a child by this time next year. Five-year-old prophet. The senator in America today says a year later, my wife gave birth to our first child. We have five children now. God took a barren womb and turned it into a supernatural story of miraculous things. Let me tell you something. God is going to use a vessel that is yielded. He's going to use a person that says yes. Is your yes a yes to God? If it is, get ready because God is about to do, and we are living in an amplified spiritual climate right now. The Bible basically lays out just like the pains of a birthing mother, so will it be in the end times that it's the contractions get closer and closer and closer. It's accelerating. The timeline is accelerating, and God is looking to pour out in great measure right now in the church. And you're a part of that. Man, you're a part of that. When you get to heaven, you will get to sit Paul down and say, no, 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 bro. Let me tell you what it was like in Claremont in 2021. Bro, you ain't ready for this, Paul. Because he looked on. He looked on knowing the end will come. But we are now closer than it has ever been. And the king of glory is awakened and ready to fight the fight. But will the bride stand up? And I believe we are standing up right now, even though we're sitting down literally. <laughs> I know you're all standing on the inside. <laughs> so differences of activities. I want to encourage you with that. Don't be like everybody else. Don't think that it is a method that is taught for you to flow and that's how you get it. God will deal with you exactly as you are. As I tell people, I've noticed that the Lord is very culturally sensitive of how he speaks to people. He'll deal with things that you understand. He'll deal with your current climate. He will come to you at a capacity of which you have a familiarity to understand what he's talking about. He doesn't come to you and speak to you in a way that you have to pull out a dictionary to find out what God is saying. If you have a fourth grade reading level, God will deal with you at a fourth grade reading level and you will still flow in supernatural power. If you are a theologian that speaks fluent Latin, bro, that's awesome. And you'll be like, no, 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 it's the Iglesia, it's the click in there. All that stuff, but I know that's Greek, I know. It's all Greek to me, bro. <laughs> and you'll get it at another level, but you'll get it from one God, one source. Differences of activities, but here's what I want to lay out. I think it's pretty cool. It talks about differences of ministries and differences of gifts. The differences of ministries is in the capacity of, I want to be used by God and, and access the supernatural gifts of God. Now, can I access them all? 
all the time. It is as the Spirit wills. And so that's where it comes down to the gifts that I started with. The gifts of the fivefold ministry exist. But then the gifts of administration, mercy, kindness, giving, giving, speaking of a person financially successful, that these are also gifts. Gifts of what? Gifts of the functioning of God's calling upon your life. And in that difference of ministry, in the box that God has made for me to fit in, is when suddenly the supernatural gifts of God's Spirit begin to function in my life because I'm in the ministry that God has called me to be a part of. Let me put it to you this way. As a person that is called to preach the gospel and evangelist, take, take, take uh, Oral Roberts, take um, Kenneth Hagin, great ministers that God used in their generation in the realms of supernatural divine healing and, and the things of God. Both of them were on their deathbed. And God supernaturally healed them so that they would have an understanding and a compassion concerning this and a warmth to the flowing of God's healing power to say, it is real, it changed my life, I'm living proof of it, and then let God flow. And God called them both to be a minister of the gospel in their generation. So when they stood in the faithfulness and the obedience of what God called them to do, supernatural gifts began to flow. So they had access to something greater than themselves to prove that they are where God wants them to be. Same way, you can have prophetic words as you're called as a prophet to minister to the body of Christ for the furtherance and edification of God's church as a whole. And you can prophesy and you can know things that you shouldn't know. Because you're in the place of ministry. You could be a business person. Come on. That's where God has niched out for you to stand. And the same prophecy, the same word of knowledge that can be used to edify the body in the capacity of showing them God's supernatural. You have access to, but not in a church setting. You have access to it in the realm of business because you are in the ministry God has called you to be a part of. And in that place, supernatural gifts begin to flow in your life. To where you have a thought and an idea nobody on planet earth has ever had. Why? Because you are accessing something God has made available to you to access. And where does it come from? Obedience to step where God tells you to step. Come on, somebody. Oh, my, 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 brata. Say, I haven't seen the supernatural miracles I want to see. Then function in this. Find the place God has called you and be that person and then you'll see the supernatural. It's available to everyone. It's not far away. It's just in a place of obedience. And I want to prophesy, Pastor Caleb. I want to lay hands on the sick. I want to cast out devils. I want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. I pray you see them not once in your life, but normally in your life. If I could encourage you with this, I believe God is so, His ways are so above our ways. What we consider supernatural and wild, God considers the norm for the church. That this is just how it was supposed to work from day one. But then the muddlings of man, the maneuvers, the politics, the merchandising and trafficking of the anointing, the strategies of man, the perverseness of hearts, the di diversity of, of motives that are concocting in the church and the whole time. People are like, what's the point of revival? Why do people fall out? Because it's in that place that God scrubs you and works on you to get your motives right. Why does God do it? 
because he has a strategy, he has a will, and he has a plan. And it is so good. And all it needs is a yes from a bride to say, God, that's what I want. I don't want anything other than the purity of simply knowing I am where you want me to be when you need me to be there. I want my life so hidden in Christ that they have to find you to find me. I want to be so deep in the will of God for my life that I see this in my life, the supernatural things of God, confirming it, God. Not so that I can be a person of great influence, but so I can be a person that sees the bride arrive. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.